We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. At some points, it seemed as if Jesse White would keep going forever. He even said he was retiring before and didn't. But this time, the Illinois Secretary of State, Jesse White, is not running for re-election and a crowded race is shaping up for his job, a job that may be more powerful than you realize. This weekend, we'll kick off our coverage and conversation with hardworking candidate Pat Dowell. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. As Alderwoman of Chicago's Third Ward, Pat Dowell may not have the highest name recognition yet among the candidates for Secretary of State, but she's traveling Illinois and talking principles and policies to distinguish herself. Pat Dowell's been a member of the Chicago City Council since 2007, and she now heads the Council Budget Committee. She was a Chicago Deputy Planning Commissioner before she moved into the field of elected officials. Alderman Dowell has been a prominent voice on issues like equity and city contracting and a champion for community development, among other things. She's also a strong proponent of transparency in government. Pat Dowell is a longtime Bronzeville resident, and she has an adult son. And welcome back to the program. Thank you so much, Craig. I'm pleased to be back with you today. Um, You know, just Less than 24 hours, I saw you down at the city council meeting. And I will see you in another 24. I'll see you or, or, yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, at least that's while we're recording this. Uh, but uh, let's talk about first uh, to ask the obvious question because we're talking about the Secretary of State's race and in a campaign related interview. I do have to ask why you decided to run for office when there are so many easier jobs, though maybe not as much fun. Well, you know, Craig, I um, have been a public servant all of my life. Um, I I would say that's been a consistent theme in my career. And, uh, you know, I was raised by uh, uh, Norman Dowell, who was the janitor, and uh, Catherine Dowell, who was a nurse. And being an only child, they uh, instilled in me the values of hard work, excellence, uh, integrity and um, service, really. And I want to follow in their footsteps and have followed in their footsteps. They were both active in either the PTA or community or the block club or some church uh, committee. Um, and I watched them. 
And so all of my life, I've been about helping communities, helping marginalized people, uh, families. Um, and when I looked at this particular race and realized that Secretary White was not going to um, run anymore, uh, that he was actually not going to seek election statewide, and looked at the candidates, um, I felt that I had the most consistent um, and genuine uh, public service uh, background uh, to deal with the many thousands and millions of people that have to deal with the Secretary of State's office. The Secretary of State's office to me is like the automatic office. It is uh, the agency that is closest to the people of the state of Illinois. And as such, um, I thought that my interests and my skill sets align most clearly with that particular office. So I decided to run. Mm -hmm. Now, a Chicago Alder person, uh, as the state now uh, wants to designate you all, uh, isn't necessarily as well known as, say, a former state treasurer or even a Chicago city clerk. Um, how does running a ward office and staffing and those kinds of things translate into running what is essentially the largest state agency if you're talking about number of people? Well, the, the key is good customer service, you know, making sure that the needs of the residents uh, statewide are addressed uh, efficiently and effectively through the Secretary of State's office. You know, you juggle in an automatic office a number of different activities during any given day. And the Secretary of State's office is no different. It's not just about lights and plates and stickers. Um, the Secretary of State's office is the librarian for the state. Um, it runs literacy programs. It, uh, it has one of the best organ donation um, programs in the country. So there are many layers to the Secretary of State's office and a public servant has to be able to make sure that every element of that office works well for the people that need it, the businesses that need it, the not-for-profits that need it, and, uh, and Alderman is uh, uniquely positioned to uh, pay attention to all of those services all at one time. I want to talk about some of those services. Obviously, the driver's license facilities are the ones that uh, people are the most familiar with. And, uh, you know, for a time, the lines at the driver's license facilities were, were, were getting shorter and uh, things seemed more efficient, not perfect, but, but certainly not maddening as they used to consistently be. The pandemic brought big changes and huge lines, uh, understandably. But I think, uh, and you know, I even noticed on my way into uh, City Hall today that I pass a driver's license facility and the lines are, are still there, even as we're out of the, uh, the pandemic. Um, what, what concerns you about the, the arc that we have seen and the fact that uh, these problems are still there? You know, I've talked to a number of residents uh, throughout the state in my travels who um, lament standing in these long lines. I was talking to a woman yesterday who uh, was in the line at 7.30. By 9 o'clock, she still had not uh, entered into the facility. 
and became so frustrated that she just left and uh, decided not to take care of the business that she needed to take care of. Um, what I have been advocating for, uh, or will be advocating for, and I put out a policy piece on this last week, is for some kind of what I would call a personal uh, Secretary of State dashboard, similar to um, what you might know with online banking, where you have a particular password um, and a username that's tied to your account. In this case, it would be tied to your state ID or driver's license, where you could enter into the virtual world and take care of some of the business at the Secretary of State's office, whether it be um, renewing your, your um, license or uh, you wanna be an organ donor or you want to um, also purchase your I-PASS um, uh, credentials. Uh, all of these things could be done like we do currently with online banking. So my motto is, online and not in line. Um, I think that that should be the focus coming out of COVID for the Secretary of State's office. We have to learn how to do government in a different way to bring services to the people. Um, and sometimes it's online and it sometimes it means uh, taking it to where people are. How much would it take to change the, I mean, the website for the Secretary of State's office. I mean, there's some things that you can do right now. Um, I routinely renew my, my license, uh, license plate stickers, for example, because I don't want to have to stand in line, although they're better and they, they let seniors go and have their own line. But, uh, but, you know, in all seriousness, it's already doing some things that way. So how much of a change would it be to expand that to something like an online banking experience? Well, I think it needs to be more um, uh, easy, uh, an easy way to uh, take care of some services. For example, you wear glasses, I wear glasses. When we have to renew our driver's license, you literally have to go inside the facility to look through the, you know, the eye tester. And uh, this could be something that, uh, could be done online. Um, there are systems where you can have a vision test online or you can go to your optometrist or, or some eye, eye store and get a vision test and then uh, hand in that information online where you don't have to go into the facility. So I think we're looking for examples of where um, we can include those elements in a new system that is not just a billboard, but it's actually interactive with people who uh, want to access a whole host of services, not just in the Secretary of State's office, for example. You might want to access information on unemployment. Um, so a link could be that, you know, could take you to the unemployment office at the state level to take care of some um, business or to get some information. What are the, some of the other things that you might uh, want to see changed in the in the office? Uh, and I mean, obviously, it has a, a wide berth. For example, 
is there anything that uh, strikes you about the way the office cooperates with municipalities, for example, who either might be trying to collect money in or, or it might be going back and forth with law enforcement on suspension of licenses? Uh, is there more communication necessary? What are the, the things that you want to look into or are seeing problems with already? Well, I, I would like to have more communication, for example, with the Department of Corrections so that uh, ex-offenders or returning citizens coming out of, um, you know, coming out of our jail system can more easily access uh, the identification cards and the driver's license that they need to move back into our communities. Uh, you can't live these days without having a, you know, a driver's license or a state ID. And I think that the communication between the Secretary of State's office and the Department of Corrections, for example, could get better. I am also looking at, uh, for example, the Secretary of State has a uh, police force uh, that uh, monitors the buildings that in, in Springfield. And when you look at the demographics of that police force, um, it does not reflect the demographics of the state um, in, in race or in gender. And these are uh, examples of communications between, uh, for example, the state police and the Secretary of State's office where we would make some changes to see more diversity in those ranks. Um, I have traveled in places where uh, the large populations, uh, for example, in Alton, Illinois, which does not have any kind of Secretary of State's uh, office, uh, those people now have to travel to communities outside of their communities where the population is, you know, 27,000 or more. They need to have access to the Secretary of State's office. So I look at working with the state legislature and the executive office to try to figure out locations that are not being serviced. So those are just some of the things that I'm committed to looking at, Greg. Now you mentioned the, uh, that the office oversees uh, libraries and literacy. Uh, are there new things that you would wanna do with that or some old things that you might wanna uh, spruce up? I am very interested in making the literacy um, division of the Secretary of State's office more, more robust. I wanna see more public-private partnerships brought into the communities to um, uh, help people who struggle with literacy. There's almost 2 million people in the state of Illinois who struggle with that. And public-private partnerships, such as ones that I've seen in my own ward, um, such as uh, Real Men Read um, that uh, develop partnerships with our local schools um, and libraries to read to young children, to uh, get information before adults so that they're more interested in learning um, how to read, uh, how to uh, learn another language, uh, people who don't speak English, for example, um, who are... Uh, need language access and uh, understanding the English language, whether they're 
they speak Spanish or Polish or Korean or uh, French, uh, those are things that I would like to see made more robust in the literacy program. In addition to giving out more grants um, to local organizations to help them uh, do the work of providing literacy programs in communities throughout the state, whether they're rural or urban areas, um, there are always people that need that kind of assistance. And uh, this would be something that I would focus on through the state. The public-private partnerships are key because the you know government can't do everything, but uh, private organizations, corporations can um, augment the money that the state puts in for these services. And this is something that I have experience doing, um, and I, I actually love to make those partnerships happen. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. My guest is Chicago Alderwoman Pat Dowell, who is a candidate for Illinois Secretary of State. I want to touch on one other uh, area of the, the office itself, and that is that, you know, for in, at various times, I think the office has been more uh, focused on or aggressive about for example, younger drivers and making sure that they are learning the right way. And are there, and maybe there are concerns about older drivers and making sure that they don't keep driving. Uh, any, any thoughts or ideas about uh, anything that might need to be looked at in that area? No, I, I, I know for uh, older drivers, I'm interested in making it easier for them to um, access their uh, renewals where they don't have to do it annually and they don't have to pay for it at such a high fee. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in that. And as far as younger people, I'm very interested in making sure that they uh, are registered to vote through their um, provision of their uh, driver's license, the Thai driver's license um, provision and information and safety training to the point of getting their uh, voter registration. So those are two areas that uh, I'm interested in focusing on. Um, I think I would like to make the office um, attractive for internships for young people so that they have an opportunity to see how government works, to see the elements of the Secretary of State's office, to learn about uh, the, you know, mandatory insurance, how to uh, safely um, drive, um, you know, things like organ donation and all the, the library system things that they probably would not see within their various communities. And I think this could be done throughout the state. Uh, I wanna to turn to another topic that we couldn't talk about the Secretary of State's office without addressing, and that is the area of ethics. Um, the, as I mean, it, it is an, an area that has uh, been a problem in the past. Uh, are you satisfied yeah. that the integrity of the, uh, the system at this time is solid. I mean, you know, as a provider of essential credentials, among other things, uh, past problems have involved how people get them and whether they're really qualified. Right. I um, think that Secretary White has done a tremendous job of uh, um, taking the stain of corruption and graft 
away from that office um, prior to him, you know, we did have problems with that, with that. And I think that that's an area that we cannot go back to. We have to have a Secretary of State's office that runs with um, integrity and with ethics. And I think when you look at the candidates across the race, you have to look at their personal backgrounds, um, whether or not they tell the truth. Uh, you know, are they feeling, are there any ethics concerns with uh, them as uh, an elected official or in their personal life? Um, I think these are all things that the voters have to, have to uh, consider. And I'm putting myself forward as someone uh, who meets all of the standards of, of ethics, something I've pushed for as a city council member and something that I will continue to push for within the Secretary of State's office. Obviously the buck stops with the Secretary of State, him or herself, um, but the Secretary of State's office manages a lot of employees. How can managers make sure that those ethical standards are being met across the board uh, when you have so many people who are in positions where they could be tempted. Uh, I, I mean, I wonder if, if it's even possible to keep an eye on all of them. Well, I think you lead, first you lead by example, like Secretary White has done. You know, you have to be a leader who uh, meets high, who has high standards. Um, for ethics and who has uh, surrounded themselves at the executive level with people who also have high standards. And then I think uh, you make sure that all of the managers and the people below them um, are involved in the life of the office and where ethics is discussed, where ethics is taught. Um, just like in, in city council, you have to take an ethics test every year. The staff below the aldermen take that same test. City employees take that test if they're at a certain um, level of uh, salary. So these are things that uh, should be the focus of a, sec of a secretary of state. And as the leader of that uh, department, I would um, focus on making sure that we have high standards. Uh, I wanna talk a little bit about the race itself. Uh, yeah, are people as interested as they should be in the Secretary of State's race? Especially because one person has held the office for so long, it hasn't been as much of a contest uh, as, as, as it is now, uh, but are people showing the kind of interest in it that you would like to see? Or are people taking it for granted in some ways? You know, I, I think it's still early, Craig. You know, the election was pushed back from March of 2022 to June of 2022, which gives all the candidates uh, more of an opportunity to get their message out. But as I have traveled, um, within Chicago and the County of Cook and in downstate Illinois, I have uh, seen that people are getting excited about the race. I mean, first of all, people can't believe that Secretary White is actually not gonna be in this race. <laughs> and once you get past that, 
um, then people begin to focus on uh, the office. They start to tell you about some of the challenges they have with dealing with the Secretary of State's office, or things that they would like to see that are innovative. Um, so I think as we move forward, um, interest will grow. Now, uh, one of the candidates in this race, uh, former State Treasurer Alexi Janulius, uh, has far and away raised the most money uh, so far, and he's using it to get the word out. Uh, I'm not sure that a couple of days go yeah, by without. You know, but money is not the message, right? If, and I feel that uh, if I can raise um, the money to be viable, and um, my team believes that we'll be able to do that, we'll be competitive and uh, viable with within this record, I think is strong. And I believe I'm the best candidate in the race if I'm able to get the message out about what I have accomplished in my own ward in the city of Chicago and what I am planning to do at the Secretary of State's level. So I'm not um, scared <laughs> by uh, the fact that one of the candidates has uh, over $2 million in the bank account right now. Uh, we have to have a good message and be a candidate of quality in order to uh, win this race. As you go through this, uh, are you finding that your name recognition downstate, uh, because you haven't run statewide before, is, is going to be a factor? And how much harder do you have to work uh, below I-80? I um, no, no doubt, Craig. I'm going to have to... Uh, have uh, uh, you know several sets of uh, gym shoes uh, in order to uh, make this race uh, a viable and competitive race. You know, we started out early. We traveled uh, downstate already. We have more trips planned. Um, you know, working with uh, recommendations that we've received from people who are you know stakeholders in those locations. We're making connections. Uh, getting our name out there, visiting, all of that um, will become more prominent as we move forward uh, in time. And I have to ask it, I have to ask one aldermanic type question or more city oh, council or <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to try and put you on the spot too much, but I think people are starting to see the city council devolve into this kind of brinksmanship and people using tactics to get around each other or past each other. And there's been perhaps more animosity than we've seen in a while. What should people make of this new, certainly not rubber stamp city council? If it ever was, it certainly isn't now. And, you know, should we be concerned? Well, I think um, this is uh, uncomfortable because it's new people are usually expect um a, you know a vote to go 47 to 3 or something like that but um we have within our council various caucuses that have different points of view we've got a democratic socialist uh caucus we've got a uh, veterans caucus we you know an lg 
the QBT caucus, the Black caucus, the Latino caucus, all have different positions. And I think what you see is democracy um, in the making, sausage making, which is not uh, a pretty sight sometimes. Um, and you have a new mayor who is um, developing um, her Seelay um, in, in ways of collaborating with the city council. And uh, it's, it has not been easy. What's your, what's your outlook for, you know, very briefly, what's your outlook for getting better? I think more collaboration and talking to each other um, outside of the council where we work uh, closely together to come to consensus around certain things earlier. Uh, you know, these last minute compromises and last minute uh, um, initiatives um, don't bode well for council procedures. And so I think the more that we begin earlier and have a real sense of collaboration um, and respect for our respective uh, roles, ours as the legislative body, the mayor's office and administration is the executive body, um, things will get better. Thank you so much. That is Chicago Alderwoman Pat Dell, candidate for Illinois Secretary of State. Thank you for spending the half hour with us. And to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. You can also find our podcast on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of that issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.